Welcome to the latest edition of He Said. She Said. I'm Peter Schorsch. And I'm Michelle Todd Schorsch. And for those of you listening, yes, Ella's out of school. So I'm breaking my rule that I don't podcast when Ella's out of school. So we're going to hop right to it today, right? We are. Um, we have two guests joining us today. Kind of, um, I think it, it, there's I think there's going to be a theme here a little bit about maybe some empowerment. And so I'm kind of excited about what we've got. Uh, our first guest, uh, one of our favorite people on and offline. We, we mostly talk online, um, but I don't know. I feel like we know each other really well. Representative Michelle Rayner Goolsby of St. Petersburg. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. Yes, we've got to change it. Like, we got to go out to dinner and stuff. Like, yeah, we're absolutely. Fine. We're fine. I mean, we're fine, we're fine now. We're, we're all good. boosted. Yes, yeah. We're yeah. good. Outside is open-ish. <laughs> so. It's uh, the free state of Florida, as some people like to say. Like, there's and a so. person, Ronald Dion. I call him by his whole name. He says, <laughs> Oh, my God, that's amazing. <laughs> and fun fact, he spells Dion the same way Senator Chevron Jones spells Dion. D-I-O-N, D-I-O-N right? D-I-O-N. And that was very, like... Ronald Dion sounds like 1950s Temptation backup yes, singer, right? right. Like, <laughs> that was, I was, Does not fit. It, it was unexpected when I remember because, so I live for Peter's text messages, right? <laughs> because they're petty. And I don't know if you're trying to be petty. but Oh, absolutely. Like, oh. Absolutely. <laughs> Dive into pettiness. So when he was like, Ronald Dion, I literally, my group text was like, what? <laughs> so yeah, so I, I live for it. That's And that's how I found out. I bet Chev had the same reaction. He did, because I texted him the screenshot. I was like, did you see Peter's text? He was like, I'm still processing. <laughs> he, uh, I like the thing about DeSantis when he was getting known on the uh, like scene in 2018. He was very emphatic about making it that it was DeSantis. Like, it was not DeSantis. I mean, he would, it, and because people didn't know him. Right. And... I kept thinking, this is so terrible. It's my reference to rap music that I know. I kept thinking of these nuts. <laughs> Jeez, Peter. Let's just go all the way. Yeah. We're, we're here now. We're, here. Right. we're like, now at a PG real. rating. Thanks. <laughs> he just keeps pushing that. If your kids are in the car, sorry. <laughs> we apologize. You'll hear worse things at our house. So we kind of Same. believe in teaching kids to use the words correctly. Correct. I feel like just to set the table on you a little bit. I feel like we could have you on the podcast. You could be uh, he said, she said, and then she said some more. Like I feel <laughs> like you are. Um, it, it's almost like it's. You like to be surrounded by smart Michelles. That the, uh, yes, that high five, high five. <laughs> Um, <laughs> it was a long stretch. It was a very long stretch across this table. You've got great content. Five. You're just like a great con- political content creator in terms Thank of. You. Um, you're great on the political side, but then. You're immersed in pop culture. You're. I tweeted about Beyonce this morning. I was, did, did you? I did. And she's you're releasing a geek an too. Album. Like you I love some of the oh, same stuff. Oh, I didn't even stuff. know that. Thanks for sharing with me. Also, so you can go on her website <laughs> and you, she's like doing like box sets that you can buy. There's four of them. Just wanted to share for anybody that would want to know. Beehive for life. <laughs> and that's why we're having you on today. So um, I, I didn't even need to set the table. You said it and then you served yourself right on that one. That's so. a perfect mix of pop culture and politics, which is exactly what we like. <clears throat> now, just to be clear, you are you're in the state house now, and mm-hmm. you are running for uh, re-election yes. to House District sixty-two now. Okay, and that is basically South St. Petersburg, uh, south of what? South of like Fifth Avenue, south a little bit, probably like Fifth or maybe like I will say Tenth Avenue North down, and then we have parts of Brandon, Riverview, Gibsonton. Fun fact, I have to drive through other people's districts to get to the other side of my district. Yeah, that's really insane. I mean, I've worked a Senate dis- I've worked a Senate campaign and I've had to cross the bay 
but it was just in the South Tampa. I can't believe you have to do that. Yeah. And so either way I go, whether I go like through the Skyway or whether I go, you know, up north, I'm crossing into other people's districts to get to the other side. Well, that makes sense because there's no way that the white people that live north <laughs> of Fifth Avenue would have anything in common with the black people that live south of Fifth Avenue. Correct. I mean, there's just no way. There's nothing. We're not all human. We're not all human. We don't live in the same city. Jesus. Like, I don't know. It's much more important for you to drive an hour to get to the other black people. Correct. And man, and and we have a black mayor here, right? Like, is That's that, weird, like, right? Like, I didn't, yeah, okay, okay. I just wanted uh, to make sure. I don't know. I mean, he got elected citywide. It's, citywide. It's kind of crazy. Overwhelmingly. Both times, in both, in both races. But you've got to drive to places that I haven't been to in years because my car refuses to go there. Listen. Like, if I'm going to go that far, I'm going to Orlando. Correct. I mean, so I have friends that are over there, but really right now it's just, I, you know, I think that y'all know this about me that I'm really about people and really wanting to make sure that they know that they have representation. I, you know, I, I share with folks like when I, you know, any political campaign that I launch, we do it at great cost, right? It's, you know, my wife is like, so about your job, <laughs> like, right, so about, yeah. so about you spending time. Like this evening, I'm headed to Palm Beach to go to FJA convention. She's like, great. And so we do it at great cost. So for me, I want to make sure people know that, like, just like they know here in St. Pete, when they see me in public, like, hey, Michelle, that they that they know that they have someone that's going to equally advocate for them on that side as well. I always ask people that do live, and I I grew up in St. Petersburg. Just did you grow up Clearwater? All right, you grew up. In so, Clearwater. but my uncles, Rudy Bradley. Remember we yes. talked about this? Yes. yes. So. Actually, and so her uncle was uh, Rudy Bradley, who was the state representative from, I believe, District 55. Which, which is now 70. Se- 70, which is now 62. But he was a, um, he was a, he wasn't a teacher, but he social was like. Social worker, guidance Social counselor. worker yeah, yeah. at Northeast High School, which is where I met him. Um, and that was kind of like a good connection there. And he's like old Florida, like yes. kind of like legendary him. And like Doug Jamerson kind of like uh-huh. put like black politics on the map basically in the 70s and 80s and 90s in Pinellas County Correct. they were like the 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 forerunners there and so my main question to you about that is if you live in South St. Petersburg which publics do you go to I go to the one on 34th and 17th <laughs> that's the one that I go to okay so that's the one oh, closest to my house so that's different oh so you're over the one so over I'm by up literally up the street I'm on 36 you know where the Burger King is 36 and yes. First yes. Avenue. that's in those townhouses I'm, I know everybody know where I live but yeah <laughs> I mean, I'm like you just told everyone where you live <laughs> but it's fine it's she fine. doesn't actually live right there but guys. I don't, but, it's just like but, she's but giving like, me a it, landmark it's like right There's there a Popeyes and a There's churches. It's churches. 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 Don't get your chicken wrong. Listen, but I, no one goes to that. I don't go to that churches. I just, it's, you know. Why not? It's just, I, I don't know. It doesn't feel so clean. I'll go to the Popeyes around I the say, corner. I said, we like Popeyes. We're not churches people. We're Popeyes I people. I used to love churches back in the day, but I feel like it's just skew. I feel like it's just skyrocketed. It. Can I, can we tell the really quick, funny probably racially tinged story about I'm when screaming. when Reggie and I Reggie and I we oh my were God. Reggie Cardozo Who and I we were love, yes. yeah we, so we all our our daughters are best friends and so we were all having a great day and then the guys decide we maybe had a we may yeah. be intoxicated and the guys yeah, decide lit, that so they're going to go <laughs> we are going to go get fried chicken at um at um at Churches on the south side or people or uh, Popeyes? I think it was Popeyes, right? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. know what it was. Listen. Because I didn't go. Me. So picture me, 9, 30, 10 o'clock. I, I'm here Well, for everybody it. always thinks Did Reggie you know and Peter are a couple. Yeah, yeah. People yeah. always think Reggie and Peter are a couple yeah, also when they're really, together. That'd be kind of cute. Like, we, I see oh, that. when they have, when like, when they have Reggie's son, like, it's, I have like a whole series of photos of my two dads because... <laughs> 
It's because Stephanie be and I lead with the girls, and then the boys bring up the rear. Are you pushing? Yeah. I love it. I love yeah. It. So. Yes. Yeah, Reggie and I. Uh, that was a first of all. It was a scene, just like it, like it was. There was clearly a lot of people that wanted uh, Popeyes. A hundred percent at night. night, and it was every just, day, all day. And we ordered like three hundred dollars in food because you just you know it's like you wanted. I had never eaten there, so I said we wanted for one of everything. We wanted. I mean, one but of, here's the thing. But did they have the chicken you wanted? Because a lot of times... Like, I don't say, know what we got in the boxes. It was not what we ordered. That I'm aware of. I kept trying to tip. And like... They were you, like, no, that's not how this that's works That's not here. how this works. I'm like, please. <laughs> works no, here. you guys are working this, really hard. Yeah, that was... That's not how this works. It was embarrassing. But I will just say... Like, I'm here my, for that. Those, those are like the best stories, though. That's and, Fifth Avenue and what? That's Fifth, Fifth Avenue... And 34th? And 34th, yeah. So it's right below Fifth Avenue North and 34th. So My father worked at the Taco Bell... There on Fifth Avenue, I know that Taco Bell. Street. He, um, my dad, uh, rest his soul, so I can tell this story. Worked there one night. My mother was pregnant uh, with me, and he made her about twenty pounds in um, uh, burritos and tacos, and then promptly decided to clear out the register. And that was the last time he ever worked at Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's quite the story. I'm so, I'm so glad you shared that with everyone. Uh, <laughs> I actually can't believe Taco Bell ever let you work there later. Then well, I feel like I'll put it this way. I'm no longer welcome to work at Taco Bell, even though I worked at the one on Ford Street. Okay. I was a legacy, so. Oh, a uh, legacy. I, like, it's a sorority. Like, it was yeah, a sorority. Yeah, it was totally. Do you remember I mean, the it's Rocking very hard Bullwinkle? to get a job at Taco Bell, you know. The Rocking Bullwinkle uh, your favorite story. So imagine you're going through the drive-thru. He and was the guy sudden, wearing it. My head pops out with the two-foot rocking yeah. bull. Yeah, I was that, very, that was very popular. And every time we go through a Taco Bell, because Ella loves Taco Bell because she's basically a vegetarian, he likes to tell her that story, and we laugh. So um, you're so, now running for re-election. Thank you. <laughs> and we have to go to politics and stop talking about fast food. Thanks. Uh, so I am running for re-election. As y'all know, I was running for Congress, um, and Ronald Dion decided he wanted to make <coughs> his own map, and it just didn't make sense. But also it didn't make sense because the DCCC – was very clear that they were not going to be backing any um, Democratic candidate in this particular race, and they would advise their donors to do the same. And unlike other folks, I don't have a million dollars plus to of my own money. If I did, I think my wife would be like, we're going to do a lot of other right. things with this money. And so... And it made sense, you know, obviously, um, Representative Driscoll, who we all love, uh, Fentress Driscoll, she and I talked and, you know, kind of what we saw, the writing on the wall and who was trying to come back to the state house. It just made sense. And I will always say this. I love the work that I do in the state house. And the reason I decided to run for Congress, because it was a way to help more people. Right. It wasn't just like, oh, I just like want to be elected. Because it's like, I want to like level set with folks. It's not that fun being elected, especially in the minority in Tallahassee. It's not like great. I mean, I guess you can go to the members lounge and eat bacon and do those kinds of things, but it is a lot of hard work. But I loved what I do do because of the work we can do for our constituents. So for me, it's about service. And when just really talking to, you know, some of my colleagues, they're like, please. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I'm coming. And, you know, that's not to... Can I cuss on here? Absolutely. That's not to shit on anybody. <laughs> That's not to shit on um, who you know, folks who have decided to run against me. But I think that you have to make sure that, especially if you're getting in this process, um, this process is hard. And if you don't know who you are, it will eat you up and spit you out. 
Yes. And it has to be based in service. Um, I know that folks use it to, you know, one of my opponents uses it to, you know, kind of supplement his income. There are a thousand better ways to supplement your income than going to Tallahassee because you I'm not sure money. that he has an income to supplement. So I will just, I'll well, leave We're going to stop there. We're going to have an no, offline no. conversation. Stop it. Yeah. Like, go to all of the ribbon cuttings. <laughs> You're running against Wenge Newton, who is a friend of uh, Michelle's, and I know him. Uh, Michelle, why does your face look like that? <laughs> Michelle, you're not supposed to out me. I'm I, sorry I about that. Poker face. He, uh, Just because he comes to everything, and there's a very horrible story about when I was pregnant that I won't share on yeah. the pod. Like, let's just... Wingate just has taken. I, I, I we, uh, Michelle and I were talking offline. Uh, I'm not going to say was, anything bad about no, a person. Like it's. There was a time when I think Wingay served a purpose for asking tough questions on the St. Petersburg City Council, and then he got to Tallahassee, and he was, you know, it's backbencher Democrat. It's not, you know, uh, but then, then I think like he took the wrong turn back to, because people were very frustrated with Wingay when he was first in office. Um, I think he took the wrong turn again when he criticized Ken Welch yeah. running for mayor. And that was public, so this isn't like talking out of school. Yeah. He like accused Ken Welch of like reverse racism. And I think he really used up his a lot of credibility that he had built up. He had like he had kind of reformed his image and he had built up this like some like he was not excluded from the table because he used to be, to be very honest, he used to be excluded from like the black leaders round table like when you would have like Roussan, Daryl Roussan and Renee Flowers at the table they would be weary about bringing in Wenge but then you know he got elected the house he got to involve them and then all of a sudden he's like sharing people's emails and 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 doing some stuff out of school and you know he just basically and that's why like his mayoral campaign it never took off like he really I forgot he even ran for mayor yeah I mean I mean I think but I think it's indicative of and not to talk about him, but just like to talk about kind of how when folks run and it's not based out of service for real, right? Yeah. Um, it's not based out of wanting to make sure that people are okay, wanting to make sure that your community's okay. I don't, I do very well. I'm an attorney. I, you know, I don't need a title to feel important. And I think that at some point people realize like what's going on and they see what's going on and i think that you know he ran against renee he ran against you know mayor welch now he's running against me and i think people see what's going on and I, for me it is about service it has to be about that because there's not enough to keep you going when all of this stuff is like i feel like every day i get on twitter and it's like something new that's happening something some crazy policy that's happening something that we've got to like focus and reshift there's not enough to keep you going if it's not based in service. And as I say, kind of understanding the assignment that is on my life, understanding, like we were talking a little bit earlier, what God has put in me and why I am here. Right. And so it can't be just like, oh, I just want to be elected and wear a pin and go to the members lounge. Who cares? Like, right. who cares? Who cares? It's, that's that's not enough. And so I always say that, you know, I think that my 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 secret sauce is being, you know, I try to be accountable, transparent, and, you know, have integrity, but I also am effective but principal. I mean, I'm really good friends with Sam Garrison. He is a big C, you know, conservative Republican. I am more progressive. I'm practical, though. I'm more progressive, and we are friends. We pray together. We have passed a bill together. We, you know, he was like, I'm glad that you're coming back. But he also knows, like, don't try me with foolishness. Like, you know, right. we will find a way to work together. 
But if I can't work with you, I'm going to tell you that I can. And I think that being, and I learned that from Arthenia Joyner. I mean, y'all know she's legendary. All you have in this process is your word. All you have in this process is how you show up. And, you know, I really try very hard every day to be who I say that I am. I'm as, and it's not that I'm not engaging. This is like the fun part about taping a podcast. You're getting a note from your housekeeper who's saying that the dishwasher is filling with water and not uh, going down. So we will have to rectify that after the podcast. <laughs> I already knew that. I don't know why she was texting you and she knew I was coming here to record with you. Oh. Yeah, I was going to deal with it after we were done recording. <laughs> this is real life, though. We're here. It's yeah, real life. Yeah, it's real life. So you talk about. It's not the most fun job, and it's all about service, especially it's not that fun being in the minority, and you're willing to work, walk, work across the aisle. I don't think a lot of people realize what it's like to be in the minority party in Tallahassee. Can you share a little it bit of, like, like what the day-to-day, I like, I mean, like, what it must do to your soul to sit there when things, like, don't say gay, get passed? Mm-hmm. I will tell you, it is, it can be soul-crushing. I will, and, I, and I've shared this online. My very first session I ever had, my father passed uh, December 30th, 2020. I go into my first ever committee week. Gosh, and I, I can't even imagine. And I'm devastated. Like, Absolutely. I am, I'm like, so sorry. Thank you. I am devastated. I'm a huge daddy's girl, like devastated. But also I had to plan the funeral because my mom, my parents have been together 50 plus years. So they, my she mother, could barely function. She could barely function. I mean, she's just now still kind of getting back to herself. And so I go in and I'm thinking, like, this is great. We're going to change the world. And we start getting hit with, like, bill after bill after bill. I think that last that first year we had the trans sports youth ban bill. We had a couple other union busting bills. We had an abortion disability bill. And I'm just like, what are we talking What are we talking Like, what are we doing? We had HB1 also. And so I would have panic attacks when I was co- driving home and going to Tallahassee. And I had never, I've, I've litigated thousands of cases. I have handled murder cases. I've handled capital crimes. Never, ha- I would, I would have panic attacks because the, especially, and we were also in the middle of a pandemic. So people weren't coming into the Capitol as well. Right. So you were just kind of like there. Um, I started bringing my dog, which like, you know, that kind of like helped a lot. Hmm. But um, it was just, the the energy was so tense and so heavy and even now as we've shifted you know and i've built relationships you know there's folks when we had um the don't say gay uh vote i had to talk to some of my colleagues on the side i said listen i've said that you were a good man or woman like please don't make me regret saying that and it is hard because you will have friends who will pull you off to the side and say i absolutely agree with you but if I don't do this, I'm going to get primaried. If I don't do this, my appropriations are going to get cut. And and these are real conversations that folks are like, if I'm not here, I can't do what I want to do for my community. And of course, in the minority, it's like, yeah, do what you want to do because you have no responsibility. You don't have any power. But it is very hard to see when you feel like you're just making a record and you just are yelling into the abyss. But I also know that there are more with us on the outside <laughs> than are against us. So then how why... do you keep talking to someone who, like, I mean, how do you rectify, like, I have this personal relationship with this person and they're telling me that they're only doing this because of their appropriations or their fear of being primary, but I'm a whole human we're a whole community. Like, that's got to be very challenging. And I, 
you're a better person than me. I don't know if I could do that. Listen, it's the cognitive dissonance for me. I right. mean, really, I there are moments that I've had to tell certain colleagues, like, I can't talk to you right now. Yeah. Like, you got to give me a minute. Um, and, you know, where I have cried, um, I know uh, Representative Carlos Gamera-Smith has had the same um, experience. Um, you know, he's been there longer, and he also has relationships with a lot of folks, very deep relationships, and I've had to tell you've got to give me a minute. Um, and it is sometimes you've, and then there are folks like, and I've, I've said this publicly, there are folks like Randy Fine, like I just don't speak to, like period, point blank. I mean, that's a really good rule. Right. Like, I wouldn't speak like, to him either. Right. Like there's nothing you can say to me. There's nothing you can, whatever. Like, but there are other folks who I really do care for and I respect that I'm like, because I respect you, it hurts a little bit more. And I there are some things that I don't understand, maybe because I'm in the minority, right? I don't understand taking a vote that doesn't align with what I believe, right? Yeah. Um, and so, and, and it's easy for me to say because I'm not in the minority, uh, or I am in the minority, rather. Jesus, like that was not me coming out <laughs> in Pride Month, right? It was like, no, I'm in the minority, Jesus Christ. Um, but, um, but yeah, it's it is one of those things that you just you have to kind of. And it's hard not to take it personal because, like, your family, who you are as a person, as a woman, as a queer person, as a black person, everything that you stand for, like, understanding the intersectionalities, and you're like, don't take it personal. I'm like, uh, I don't know how that I, work. I, I, I want to say two things about it. Number one, I hate the fake collegiality of it, the, um, of the Republicans who, like, I see them, like, put their arm around, you know, the the black lawmaker or the queer lawmaker or the black queer lawmaker <laughs> and I just I'm like and that's the only time they ever interact with a black or queer person like outside of because they go yeah. back to rural Florida and it's like and they want to be like everybody loves the cool black person. It's like we're, you know, it goes back to like the do the right thing argument mm-hmm. about like who's your favorite person? Oh, Prince and 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 they said Bill Cosby and Michael Jordan and all that. But then it's like in real life, it's like you're not, you 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 just don't realize how. And this happens especially when I travel overseas. I always come back and it's it's the worst. I'm even more obnoxious about it because like, you know, like when we were in London and like we were actually talking with some people over there. Um, you know, remember, by and large, most of the black people in London and black people in the UK are not descendants of slaves. Correct. And so their anger level is almost genetically different in a way. And like people are like, yeah, we don't like the shit you all do is very, very weird. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. the stuff that you're going. And I'm like, well, you know, the black folks in America kind of have a little bit of a reason to be like, (laughs) you know, I get that like the, I get that there's, um, I I believe that there's probably biological racism at some level where the Irish folks don't love the black people. Mm -hmm. And we see that we know we see that when it's over there, but you don't have like a hundred years of Jim Crow over there. In fact, they don't have know, the systemic racism that we have. They, they don't. They do not have the system. Yeah, the systematic right. racism. Their, I mean, they, they have. They a just have regular old-fashioned they racism. They have a class system. But yes. then also remember, the British don't like the Irish, and those are all white folks. Correct. So it's like so they're coming up with they reasons. They have their own stuff, right? But it's so different than it is here, and it is hard. I've had friends call me out when I've, you know, they've seen, you know pictures of me or saw me engaging with someone and the other part is like 
I also have to work with these people. Yeah, right? you like, do. I have to work with them. I can't be an asshole. You have a community time. that you're representing, right? I, I, you know, I can't be an asshole and be burn it down because that's not going to work. And I have a community I'm representing. You know, I've managed to get appropriations through, and thank you, Daryl Rousseau. <laughs> that's probably been helpful. But I mean, I think that you have to. It, it's it's one of those things. It's it takes it takes a lot of prayer. It takes a lot of patience, and really coming back to understanding what the assignment is and why you're there. I want to and like so. I don't know if you know, but like I've been, and this sounds like the white guy who says some of my best friends are black. But I've been talking about race issues probably more so than any other issue mm-hmm. in my life. Uh, growing up in St. Petersburg, mm-hmm. um, you know, like I I know what my bona fides are, but it's like I always tell people I was in South St. Petersburg with my black friends from basketball on the nights of the riots and had to get put in a trunk and taken back across to get out, you know, and, but worked with Rudy Bradley on school board issues and worked with, uh, you know, worked with Roussan, worked with Ken. It's why I get along with Ken, but I'm also like, and I've, as I get older, I, I know that like, man, I'm racist, you know, and like there's shit that like pisses me off and like, when he's a, he doesn't mean he's racist. He, but I, he's but, recognizing but the I systemic racism because I think that that's, as a white man, I think that that's where we have to level set. We all we have to level set of as you being a white man, that's privileged. Yeah. You have means that there are biases, and that's okay. And anything you anything that the system wants to take away from the elite, wealthy, educated white man. That is literally coming out of the love handles of my life, right? I mean, that is you're taking it from like I am. I am representative of the sector that has. Do you to need give. me to remind you that it's not pie? Right. right. I, I mean, like it's just. I mean, I, but yes, you're right. It is. It's as a well, white man. Well, and credit to Michelle like it, it for opening head. my eyes. All the, oh yeah, like. And, but also, you have to be very. He tries really hard. I will say, like, what people, like, don't realize is... Oh, I would agree. Because we have text conversations. Yeah. yeah. Peter will reach out to me, and I'm like, I love this. And we will have honest, open text conversations. I don't share with but anyone. But I get shit on I a lot wanna... from... He can't do it, but it's never good enough, it's... right? Like, will we will make shit. sure that there is representation in the magazine or an article or someone gets promotion, and he doesn't set it out on the text alert. He only did an article, and it's... Not good oh, enough. Oh yeah, like so. Take he an example. Like Fender Driscoll got. I saw no matter that, what I saw he does, some people came no at me, and I'm just like, exchange, yes. that's not what this is. It, it's just it, it is an ongoing thing. It, I get a lot of shit from like the, from uh, like I'd say about twenty percent of you know black flop hole you know for not doing more. And my argument always is like, hey, uh, guys, I'm doing more than the 95% of the folks that don't do anything and don't care. Like, they literally don't care. Like, you know, I'll be critical of Gillum and it'll be... And and part of it may be based... Like, I always make... Part of it may be based in racism. I make a lot of arguments like... Like, right now with redistricting, and I will... I, I And I'm not even subtle about it anymore. I'm like, hey, you know why Florida Democrats are not winning? is because you don't have any white dudes anymore in the process. Like, you've made it so coalition based that there's really not a like if, as a white male Christian like who is my guy in the Democratic, in the party. Democratic party that I'm supposed to like why do I like John Stockton as a basketball player because he was five foot ten and he was white like I'm not saying I also it doesn't mean that I didn't love Michael Jordan and Magic Johnson but doesn't as mean I'm you looking you didn't fangirl over Kobe when we met him 
<laughs> well, I mean, like I told you that Kobe lost the Jazz, and that's <laughs> and I let him know about it when total I total fangirl. We met but, Kobe, so like we. But yeah. I will say to your point, and and I, and you know these are conversations that I have in my text chat with my girls, right? I think that one, there is a frustration in Florida politics, especially on the Democratic side, when specifically black women are saying, this is what you need to do, and we'll warn them, this is what you need to do, and then we lose, Yeah. and then the, yeah. se- the day after we lose, these same women get called, can you help us? And they don't want to pay us what they will pay the That's men true. or the white men. So there's a frustration with that. There's a frustration of it feels like, especially black women in this process, we are coming in to clean up mess yeah. instead of being able to leave, which is why I'm so glad that you know Leader Driscoll was able to get four years. She shouldn't have had to come and clean up a mess and then you know not get her other sec- two years that she was elected for, chosen, selected for. And so I think that what I would challenge you, my friend, is that you. my mom always says, eat the meat, spit out the bone, right? Continue to be open, continue to like listen. Obviously, if people are coming to you and they're just assholes, like that, they're just assholes. But I feel like if you are willing to have the conversation, willing to say, okay, like how can I make this more representative? Representative, how can I do this in a way that is, you know, reflective of really kind of where we're at in Florida. And right now, Florida's a shit show, right? And how can I make sure that, you know, whether it's a black representative or a black senator or whomever, how can I make sure that's reflected in the magazine? And I think also you have to have people who are going to be in the room. And I always say this, I say this to my friends who are white, who have business. Like you've got to have people who are in the room that can maybe point out something that you don't see. And that doesn't mean you don't want to see it or you are, not trying to see it you just may not see it i wish i wish there was more of that in a way like i think part of and it's it's florida's limitation uh, is like when michelle and i were with ella we were at the we we're at a hotel in new york city and we were up on on a beautiful view looking at central park and i made it a point to ella i'm like ella i want you to look at the table in front of us and it was a, a collection of like very well dressed but oh, very the most beautiful women in the room and very conservative, but very well-dressed black businessmen. And I, I wanted no, it was to... women, too. It wasn't just men. No, this was the second to last time. It was okay. half men and half women okay. at that table. Thank you, Michelle. Yes, like, <laughs> I just want to be very clear. <laughs> that women were at this No, table. but the men were dressed... And this... the men were... The women were the most beautiful women in the room, and that's I what I pointed at, out I to Ella. I don't look at how beautiful other oh, women are, except for you. Oh, please, you love black women. <laughs> <laughs> true story, he does. It's true story. Wow, you just me True story. I said it last night, like... Listen, it's I, it's everything I appreciate is- it. But he did, like, we saw, he did stop and point out, like, hey, Ella, like, and not like these are black business people, but look at these business people. Like, and because they're it, just I, like all at this table, and like, it, you wouldn't see it in, in Pinellas County. In Pinellas County, you just wouldn't, right? It's not. And I also said to her, because she loves New York City, I'm like, if you want to make it up here, literally, like, I was sounding like Frank Sinatra, I'm like, <laughs> you're not going to be able to play like Lily White. Like, that's not going to work. Like, there are going to be some strong Asian Americans. There's going to be some strong, like shit. You are not even like you want to talk about CRT and stuff like that. Right. Like if you don't even if you don't, if you if you're not aware of these things, you will be laughed out of the room, out of big rooms. You know, screwed like the Florida small, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. small no, board stuff. But if you want to be like you want to be, a, and it's like you want to have you want to be a globalist. You want to be like as part of a 
a Fortune 100 boardroom, you better understand like that that everybody's opinion matters here. That and that also what makes us good as a country and what makes these companies great as corporate partners is because you're bringing the the diversity of other people's opinions, your little worldview is so narrow. So narrow. Could you share that with Ronald Dion, please? Could you share that? That's and why we travel the world with her, because I have to get her out of this state. Part Like, she has to see that it's not Florida. I mean, it's, that's what my parents did. We were very fortunate. My dad was a businessman. He was an engineer, and he traveled, traveled, traveled. And I, to me, it's really frustrating because, to Peter's point, like, your worldview when you just see, like, it, it's so myopic, right? Right. And you're missing out on so many people and wonderful opportunities. And it is frustrating because we're doing that to our children who may not have the opportunity to have parents like you or parents like my wife and I one day will be. We're not pregnant, but just saying when we are. <laughs> um, you know, to who will, exp- as my mother said, expose them to, to these things. And, you know, we're, we're worried about banning books that for some issue that doesn't exist or not teaching CRT that we're not teaching in schools instead of like celebrating the culture that we have. And I don't know how, or I mean, I do know how we got to this point, but like, I just, it's just so frustrating to me. Do you blame Obama like we do? Um, how, why do you blame Obama? He, he phrased that wrong. We believe a lot of, this extra racist policy that's come out of the right is a result of a black man being elected president of the United States. They just couldn't take it. They just oh, couldn't take it. Okay. No. And and white and white, and white and white women voting against female interests and voting with it's Republicans is because white women can't believe a black man was president before they were. Listen, right. Let me tell you this, and I I don't agree with Van Jones a lot. But he, when he, remember he said when Donald Trump won, I think he said it was like a white lash. Like yeah. it was literally, it was, and so it will obviously, we're, I mean, I love Obama, like great. Like we're glad he's president. Love him and Michelle, like Michelle. Well, yeah, listen, me. be clear. I've got a picture of him holding my baby yeah. framed on the first floor of my house so everybody sees it. Like right. we love like, him too. I don't want. Right. But. He's all right. I, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> he's just, Eric, Eric Lynn will get on here and say something different. Um, but I will tell you that. It, we saw that out of the right and it's that and I'm like that you're and it's the crazy part of them just like leaning into this you know misogyny leaning into this racism leaning into the xenophobia and then you have folks who are Latino who are black who are who identify as Republicans and they're leaning probably sometimes harder than their white counterparts uh, well I mean you look at it right now I mean the Hispanic, and I think I will say this is more a Florida, Texas thing than I think other places still. Uh, like, I don't see the Colorado Hispanics that emigrated up to there doing, I don't see the California. Uh, there's a multitude. I think that in Florida, because we have the Hispanic populations that we are bringing here are literally people like emigrating away from socialism. Mm-hmm. And so I, I kind of get it. Like, in the same way, like, the Eastern Europeans who left Czech and Hungary mm-hmm. and Poland in the 80s became Ronald Reagan's biggest supporters. Like, I, I it, it makes political sense to me. But I will say, like, the Hispanic, like, the, I think one of the ugliest trends right now in politics is the Hispanic, like, the brown on black, like, hatred right now. 
And a lot of it, I think, also stems from, well, you had Obama, so there can't be any racism I, left. And I hate that argument because I'm like, yo, like, and that's when, you know, and I and I, I share this with people, you know, I've had someone say, you know, Rep, I love you, you're great, but you just, like, talk about this gay stuff and the black stuff all the time. And I said to them, I said, and I don't get offended. I mean, I had someone pull me aside the other day. was like, I just want to tell you I like you, but I just don't agree that you should be married to a woman. Sure, that's fine. I don't hey, care. thanks. Like, Why don't okay. you go fuck yourself? I was like, well, I didn't say that. But I was like, you don't have to be married. You don't have to be married to my wife, and that's fine. But I said this to this person. I said, listen, I believe the issues, what we call the kitchen table issues, are intersectional. Because if we're starting with a premise that you don't matter because you're gay, you don't mm-hmm. matter because you're black, you, you don't, don't matter, matter because you're a woman, woman, I can't get you to... I think you should have food security. I can't get you to, I think you should have safe housing. I can't get you that to your kids should be able to have the same education that the kid in Treasure Island has and you live in South St. Pete because we're starting at a premise that your life does not matter. So if you don't matter, I don't think you should have any of those things. And so for me, it's that's where these issues become intersectional. That's why you know we talk about identity politics and we talk about that, but it's also intersectional with the kitchen table issues because we have to start from a premise that we all matter, that we are all are equal, we, that humanity premise. And and here's the thing, like that's what we teach children as babies and on the playground, right? Like when you're you're telling your kids like not to be a bully, not to be mean, not to exclude anyone, that you invite the whole class to your birthday party, Correct. not just the people that you like. It's <sighs> it all. That's the core. That's the basis of what we're supposed to be teaching Correct. as humans is that we are all at the end of the day, yep. just people trying to get by. And if we all could just acknowledge that we really could do good things together. Right. right. Correct. I'm thinking about it as we talk to you. I'm like, oh, great. We're talking about black lesbian politics again, which is like, I feel like that's... But you have to have these conversations. Well, uh, yes, you have to have those conversations, but now you have to have these conversations more than ever because of the steps back that we've taken. Like, I would love to talk to you about economic development. And maybe in 2012 to 14, maybe there was room for us to start talking about economic development but i feel like we have definitely taken a step back over the last six to eight that's years that's the geek and now we're like that you talked about i love to talk about policy i love to kind of get in the weeds and and read things in and get wonky but it's i now have to start here fighting about things that when i am at you know on 18th avenue south right no one is asking me about they're asking me you know Michelle, why is my homeowner's insurance this? Why is my, you know, rent gone up astronomically? And, you know, I can't, you know, and me, I I read the bills. Like, I read them. Right. They they don't care about don't say gay and all. They they don't give a shit. That does not impact their day. It does not impact their day. And what I want to talk about and what I want to try to fix is some of these systemic issues that we have. And, but I can't get there because, once again, I have to say it, the governor's winning the messaging war. He's winning that war. He's He is winning it. And, you know, so we are stuck in the cycle of completely talking about things that don't impact the day-to-day lives, especially the people I represent, that need relief in a, in a major way. Yeah, well, let's be, I mean, let's be honest. Democrats, part of their problem is... They're, so much of their messaging is trying to educate 
And it's like, if you're trying to educate on the issue, you've lost the issue, right? Like you've got to be able to boil it down into a soundbite that makes its way to the dinner table conversation, right? I, I would, I, I want to, I don't think you should, Not you're not apologizing, but I will say, I think that we're also at this place because like white folks are also back to identity politics mm. too. It's not just, like I feel like, you know, the besieged white male. I mean, we're barely getting by at this point. Correct. And it's just yeah. like, God, it's so hard for y'all. Oh, <laughs> God. So, and it, we are just yeah, so yeah, under like, threat. Women were telling you not to sexually harass <laughs> us. Don't grab them by, you know, the way. Like, it's just, oh, it's just, it's so and hard. All the world is changing so much. And it's just like, you know, that's part of the reason why. I mean, but you, you guys laugh, but the, the audience watching Tucker Carlson, the three and a half million people watching that every night, are absolutely believe that America is under assault by the hordes of the was that know, the Great Replacement theory. The Great Replacement theory that you know that oh uh, I'm certain most of my family believes that and I say that with love. I'm not. I we all come to different places for come at it from different places <laughs> in our life. Thanks for what was like I, a, I hit a I, Charlie I, Chris Robo call. No, no, it, 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 I, mean, I love it. I, just, I was like. I don't know. All right. Well, but then. I will say one thing that I'm proud about this is the conversation that we've had here is a pretty good model for how you can talk about tough issues of race and be like vulnerable and honest. Like, hey, I'm not all there. I'm not necessarily right on this issue. But like we can have a respectful, polite conversation. Yeah. And still all come from the same place of like we want to do what's best. I And I think that we have to like level set because I, you know, there are moments that I will get pissed. But I get pissed when I feel like you're not trying to hear me, when you're not trying to actually learn. And also I'm learning, you know, I and, and I'm always learning. I feel like we're in this process together. And I know we're about to wrap up, but I've got to say this um, before I leave. Like, and I know like y'all did not ask for this, but I'm going to say this. Like I to want to see you two here Stop it. a oh. year later. You're very sweet. You're very sweet. Is like if y'all like God, God is everything. And it is always just wonderful to see you guys here, to see that you are still doing the assignment that you have called on your life, that you're raising a beautiful, intelligent, strong young woman. And um, no, nothing is by mistake. Nothing is by mistake. Everything that you've walked through, Michelle, everything that you've walked through, Peter, it's not just for you, but it's for someone else. I've had people call me and say, listen, I've seen a change in Peter, and it's just so amazing. I've seen, and I've had people say, like, you know, he, he's been inspiring me. Like, I called this morning. My wife can attest. That's so, really sweet of you to share that's that. Very so nice. know that the assignment that is on your life is huge. Know that we see it. Know the energy that we feel from you is real because I wouldn't be here. Love y'all. I wouldn't be here. Um, and I mean, yeah, you got stuff to do. Like, I mean, you know, got like things to do. Well, but. and you were extraordinarily kind to uh, us while Michelle was sick. I mean, I've loved you as a state lawmaker, but then you took it to a next level there. Because I'm I, a human. Because I care about people. My wife is about to have heart surgery on Monday. So I know. Oh, what my it goodness. Is. Yeah. She's going to have her mitral valve repaired okay. at TGH. But so I know what it is to be in your position, mm -hmm. the love of your life. And you're like, gee, I will kill everybody. Right. <laughs> like, right. Uh, like, I will burn this whole hospital down. We will definitely add your wife to our prayers. Please. And I'll put your wife on my 
grandma's prayer list. I Thank told you. you. She's like your mama. Like has that red phone to Jesus. Like, yes, that red phone to Jesus for sure. <laughs> yes, for sure. But I, I. Will you help me with that mission for Michelle? Because I am like, so like she belongs in office at some level. And I know that she won't do it. Remember the part <laughs> of the conversation we talked about <laughs> how much the job sucks? <laughs> <laughs> and then also I have this little girl yeah, who listen. is insistent. No, mom, you will not. And I'm like, you know what? Fine, I won't. But I'm called right now. This is my season of life. God kept me here. I can do other things. I yep. can lift up other women. I don't we'll have, have to be. offline conversation. I don't yeah. have to be the woman. I can uplift other women. And right? then when there's that time, you step into it. I will tell you, I never thought I was going to run for office. I never, I, I didn't want to do it. Um, our friend, Ben Crump, was like, oh, oh wow. you're going to do it. And I was like, no. Oh, that's Gave awesome. me my first $1,000 check. He said, you put the date in when you are ready to file. That's awesome. And I will tell you, Michelle, like God will make the path straight and very clear for you. You do what you're called to do now in this season is to be an amazing mom to your amazing child and amazing wife to Peter. But he will make that he will make that very clear and straight to you. Because I'm gonna tell you, the fact that you're sitting here, the fact that God saved your life, the fact that you are able to talk about that and see what you have seen, it's it's not for naught. Right. There it's not for naught. I think Peter sees it going one way, and then I, I keep saying, and I'm, I just have to, like, sit down and do it. I, I think the next step for me is I'm going to just have to write a book because I think that when God lets you set foot into heaven mm. and then sends you back to earth, you just have an obligation, mm. right? You have an obligation to share the testimony. Mm-hmm. And, like, I tell him all the time, and it, it used to drive him crazy. Like, I, I view it as a blessing what happened to me because I get to live the rest of my life with absolute certainty that – Heaven is real. Yeah. That God is real. Yeah. 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 And that my dad is in heaven waiting mm. for me. And like, what a blessing. What right. A blessing, and yeah. it's so, I mean, it's, you know, that's why I have the tattoo on my wrist. It's the, it's the, I don't ever want to forget it and let it go. Yeah. So, and you won't. And, and I but thank you him. for being a part of that story and that journey. Like, the well, prayers have kept me. Little part, but I, no, every prayer is a huge part. I, I told Peter I could feel them. Like, mm. there were moments in the hospital where I would fall. Like, I, it was, I was getting sicker, and I it felt like hundreds of hands wow. physically lifting me up out oh of the God. fog I was in mm. into the strength where I needed to be to fight. And like oh it, God. so. Listen, I'm a black church a lady. Part. I will start running in this podcast so, studio. So not a small part, all right? A big part. <laughs> well, this has been amazing. Well, so. thank you so much for joining us. I just I'm going to put a shout out on our podcast. Ben Crump's documentary airs starting on Netflix on Monday, which is celebration of Juneteenth. Yes. Um, People should check that out. That's going to be awesome. Florida man made 1,000% good. Yeah. Uh, what's your campaign website? It is michelleforflorida.com. Michelle has one L, um, and it's for spelled out, Florida spelled out.com. I, folks should go there, contribute. Um, you, please. And please, you know, we need the right people in the Florida legislature. We hope to see you again maybe yes. later in the campaign trail. And 100%. We'll 100%. see you outside of this here as well. the most exciting time of the, the year, qualifying week. Yeah, it is. It's, <laughs> for me, it is. Um, all right. Thank Other you so much for up. joining us today. Thank you all so much. Thank you. All right. Joining us now is a friend of mine who I met when our daughters were babies because she saw a need in the community and created this wonderful organization, Baby Cycle. And I used to recycle Ella's diapers, formula, clothes, all the things she outgrew so it could go out to the community. 
through Tori's wonderful organization. And um, always, she's been on our podcast before, and we're happy to welcome back our friend Tori Jasawan. I'm happy to be here. What an exciting time. It is. I uh, This was... It wasn't that it was my idea. It was your idea because you reached out and I saw that the tax. So we're we're celebrating. Well, let's let Tori. Why are you here? What are we yeah. celebrating? We are celebrating the fact that starting July 1st, our state will have no taxes on diapers for the next year. That's pretty exciting. And it's, it's a huge deal. I, I don't think people realize what how big that need is, like what the problem in the community is. Can you remind some of our listeners who might not have heard the last episode about the reality of diaper need in our community? So in our area and really statewide, one out of three moms will face diaper need at some point. And what diaper need is, it's basically just having to make the choice, do I pay my bills, my electric, or pay for food, or do I pay for diapers? And that one in three is before inflation hit where it is now. Right. So it's probably, your need must be through the roof. Our need has quadrupled, you know, in the past few months, and it's I, I don't see it getting better because everything's so expensive, from diapers to the formula shortage. I mean, everything is astronomically expensive. Can you get diapers? I mean, uh, like, no Yes, joke. you can like, get diapers. It's just the, the formula shortage is real, and Tori also helps with formula. Yes. So that must be hitting you, – you must be seeing more need than ever, and – it must be heartbreaking that you guys can't provide as much formula as you used to, right? Yeah, we've never had to implement um, into our budget formula buying because we've always just gotten it and given it away. But now there's such a need that we are having to purchase the formula and give it to our our partners who then give it to our clients. And, and unfortunately, we still can't even fill probably half the need that's coming in for formula. That is unbelievable. Yeah, it's incredibly heartbreaking. Could you imagine not knowing how you're going to feed your child? And it's a really hard thing for parents who are in areas where maybe they can't access a Sam's Club or a Walmart, and they can only go to their corner store because their corner store has such limited quantities of these items that they're immediately selling out. And I think it's so hard for people to step outside of their own bubble and think about the fact that not everybody has a Publix or a Sam's Club or a Costco in their area. And not everybody has access to it. Not everybody has a car to get them to those places either. So it's, you're right. When you're relying on your corner store, think about what the options are. Well, we just had Michelle Rayner on. And I mean, we know in in South St. Petersburg, especially in her neighborhoods, you know, that there are literally food deserts, you know, Mm -hmm. that there is not. St. Petersburg has struggled to keep a grocery store in um, Southeast St. Petersburg, which is which is crazy when you think about it. That, and that forces you then to pay what you're saying, like corner store prices, because it's limited quantities and things, and so they can't get the same price breaks that a Publix or a Costco can get. And so you're right, as we're sitting here and able to get those benefits, I mean, we have two. As Publixes. we have two Publixes across the street from each other, and a Whole Foods being built right next door right now, and like it's hard for us to think about that. that right? Just don't have that, and it's like, that's what I think is. I read the statistic the other day on the inflation thing, and I, I may be mixing this up, but I think it said that the average family in Florida, or average American family, excuse me, um, is basically paying something like $480 more for the same things that they paid last year. And so now you're talking about families that are making forty-five dollars to $50,000 a year in, in household income. You're Think about like you just have a new $500 bill in front of you. Uh, How do you, I mean, $500 at $15 an hour, that's going to take you 30 or 40 hours after taxes to get that. So that is, you're not just like, hey, let's go hustle one night a week at Uber. That is, 
multiple days of working Uber. That is a part-time job, you know, uh, picking up a bartending shift three or four nights. I mean, that's, it is, it is beyond tragic at this point. So, um, not to keep going on in inflation, take us a step back. And I'm so glad that this bill has passed because as well, much as I love- it's not a bill. Not a bill, excuse me. The Well, no, it's a bill. Well, it's in the budget. Nope, it's actually a tax bill. Oh, is it a tax yep, bill? There you go. My Bobby Payne is the- listen, I love I, it. I get criticized because I did not, Bobby Payne is from Palatka. Mansplain it to me, it's my favorite. No, no, I'm not, I'm not mansplaining. I'm, be, I'm talking about how I got criticized from him. He, like, is the architect of the tax package, but he basically brings in all of the different people's bills. And because if you represent Palatka, you're not going to get as much press. And so we were giving out all these up arrows and down arrows to people who passed. And you didn't give him one. I didn't give him one. And so Representative Payne gave us a little crap. He gave me some pain. And now we, um, we, I, I just, I, having got my ass chewed out, I know that the sales tax packages start as, as bills. And so who carried them in the, the legislature so the 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 tax-free one yeah so this this has been a long journey um and senator lauren book has been very involved in Mm -hmm. it and more recently uh representative escamani has also joined in and they have worked closely with myself and with uh the national diaper bank network and baby to baby our our partners to get this a reality so we're so excited they've they've worked so hard to get this well not just they you have can you share a little bit uh, because i think a lot of people listening they've either been on the other side so long that they forget what it's like so you saw an issue a need and what has your journey been like to help get this very important legislation passed to give our families oh it's only one year guys so I want you to remember everything Tori says because we need to make it permanent in Florida. Which I totally did not know. Thank you for mansplaining that to me because I thought I thought it was like food now where we're just taking the tax away. Well, because there were some people who were like trying to complain and say it's not enough. And it's like, you know, it's my big complaint about people in politics who they're worried about the marathon when like right now, like we won the sprint and let's like celebrate that. Like it's okay that we didn't get it everywhere we wanted to go, but we got one year and that's huge and that should be celebrated. But, like, I mention it because our listeners are largely people who could help impact and make sure maybe next year we can do more for Florida and make it a permanent relief. But what was it like for you uh, For you going up to tell? I remember seeing the pictures of you meeting some of the people. What was that process like for you? It was great. I mean, I think that diaper need is an issue. It, it's not sexy. It's not really cool. So it's not one of those issues that we look at and we think, oh, we can help this immediately. It, it gets really overlooked, you know, and I think that as a parent, to me, it was a no brainer that it was something that really needed to happen in our state to save our parents and caregivers money. But a lot of people, I think, in Tallahassee before we met with them and explained to them how large the need was really didn't even have any idea that there was a tax on diapers. Mm-hmm. You right. know, they had no clue. They thought, they're like, what? I'm like, yeah, there's no tax on Rogaine's, but there is a tax on diapers. And many of these, you know, political Wait, people looked at me like, what? Exactly, your response. Uh, really? There is not a tax? Truly. There's, there's no, because no, ta- it's something for men. There's no tax on, wow. I mean, let's also remember, Viagra was covered by health insurance, but birth control pills were not. So like, <laughs> it's ridiculous. just... By the way, you know they dole out Viagra over the counter in London. I just like when <laughs> they I was, dole out everything over the counter in London. I was at I the pharmacy wow. and I literally like so I had COVID in London and so like I was going to get stuff and they offered you Viagra. Well, I asked. I'm like, I, I kind of did this thing. I'm like, like they just looked at you and were like, "Hey, you need a Viagra?" No, that's it. they. He doesn't. <laughs> to be clear, 
<laughs> I to was, be clear, I'm just yeah, making fun you. of my husband. I mean, I was just like, um, I don't even so know what, what else do you have here? Like. like, and they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, we don't have the good stuff over in America. What do you, and they, and the woman understood what I was asking. She's like, well, I can give you Viagra. And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm good there. She's like, well, what about like, I guess they have like the good, like non- like invasive like skin stuff like oh. not, like yeah like you oh yeah can, they have all sorts of over-the-counter fillers like i yes, i mean i wouldn't yes. touch it with a 10-foot pole because i'm just very creeped out by that but yeah i was ready to get some and then they just have they have about like they've got like 20 cool things over there that you don't that are over they the have counter all sorts of good stuff like that they, you can yeah when you go to london Visit a pharmacy is what I will on your way out, so you you can pick up a and little Spain bit. Spain too, anywhere like it's yeah. all different. Like, and you don't have to go see a doctor to get you know like a well, prescription. Over there, their pharmacists can. The pharmacists just like can eh. fill certain. No, the pharmacists can prescribe basically. Yeah. Certain. I mean, there are certain categories that they can't. Like, you cannot get a Xanax from the pharmacist over there. But no, that's not what I heard, or that was not what was offered to me by, or maybe it was just this one pharmacist <laughs> that was was working her her magic on me over there so okay so back to diapers i go back to the fact that i did not know that there was can can i ask a stupid question how much is a pack of diapers like what is well it depends depends on the size i mean it could range anywhere from you know nine dollars for a tiny little pack to upwards of fifty dollars to a big box you know diapers are on average right now like 18 cents a diaper and that's really high you used to be able to get them for like 12 to 14 but obviously there's there's issues with papers and manufacturing so the prices continue to rise and obviously everything else is rising the thing i like about this also is you have not given like you have not given up on this issue even no, it's though been your how kids many sessions? have well her kids are not don't need diapers like you know no. it's not yes. like in My front kids of are you 9 and 10 now so we've been working on this for 3 sessions um and gosh it seems like forever with COVID. I know. I bet. I bet it does. But it's it's very, very exciting. And, you know, there's other things in the bill that are also included, which is pretty exciting as well. Other other items for small children, like... Okay, yeah. What other items are there? Clothing for kids under five. Oh, that's and really wonderful. Yeah. So baby clothes, those are really expensive, too. For a year. Yeah. That's really great. And so do we know, is there any... Um, like price point limits like is it like I'm not sure yeah we'll have to look i'm yeah. sure there is because it's on the sales tax holidays yeah. we will have a couple of articles about it like tori and i talked about it we're going to try and make it a little bit of a bigger deal like it's kind of a joke but like like so there's like four i think tax week tax free weeks like you know there's the camping one and like i i like go overboard on on these things because like i have like the house leadership like hey, we got Freedom Week. And I'm like, oh, my God, you guys are ridiculous. And so, like, you know, free, you know, tax-free camping gear. Ta- it drives they- me out of my mind, by the way, because I think we shouldn't just do a week. Like, it. Yeah, hurricane clearly week. there's a need. We need to fill it, right? Like, Well, well that's great. the thing. The people who need diapers need at it. this break. They need gonna, it more than this one year. And, well, they're only going to be able to, if, if the tax-free aspect of this is impacting you, and I sympathize with that. You can I would imagine so you're many. gonna only you're, like you're only going to be able to afford so many. Well, that's my whole thing with like the back to school sales tax holidays. Like, yeah, it's great, but not every family can afford to buy all of their school supplies for at that one time. A lot of people have to spread it out. So I, I just, I, it's my issue with sales tax holidays. This is not that. This is a great solution. And something that we need to make permanent. I love when we have people on the podcast because we basically invite them in to be our like, hey, do you mind if we talk for a little while <laughs> so that you can? We're we're just 
it's how we get going this way. I get to like tell my like stupid stories about the pharmacy and all sorts of things like that. That's my favorite part about taping the podcast. Okay, um, <laughs> that's I'm glad that's your favorite thing about top. No, the my podcast. other part is, part is when I say, oh sorry. When you answer phone calls nonstop, it's just, I, I it's can't a, figure out how to silence. I can't. I don't know how to turn it so off. So I apologize. <laughs> all right, so this is for a year. So other things in there are baby clothes, diapers. Is there is is anything else in there that well we're hopefully going to work on more for next year yeah what's your goal for next year what's your wish list for my wish families would be small children diapers wipes um oh so another another big one sanitary items tampons pads you know that would be amazing if we could include those items and I think that that would make a huge difference to florida families and all women in florida really why are we taxing items like those that are so needed but not taxing items like Rogaine. <laughs> right. It, makes it just no makes sense. no sense at all. It's it's very crazy. So let's guilt some of our listeners into them. What's the website so that they can because this Baby is a Baby cycle. It's this is a big week for you or it'll be a big week for your organization because you will be able to go out and buy use your budget and get basically 7% more than Absolutely. what you will. It's huge. So, so where can people contribute donate going into July 1st? www babycyclefl.org okay now i i want to pivot i want to change i want to change topics really quick because i think we're looking at somebody who belongs in elected office <laughs> down the road and i've said this to you and so yeah now you see how now you've seen how it works yes you've been out there lo- lobbying i wish you for three years i had no idea what it was like in tallahassee quite honestly i had been there to visit friends who work at fsu my husband went to fsu that was my only tallahassee experience and after meeting people and seeing what goes on there i would say i would definitely be interested at some point in time and running for something and making a difference because i feel like I had no idea that as one small person, I could make a difference through this diaper tax and everything that we have going on. And I feel like the people in office, these amazing women in office, have truly made it happen. And I would love to walk beside them one day. I think um, my friend Danny Perez uh, listens to this podcast. He is the speaker to beat, meaning so next year, Paul Renner will go in as speaker. The speaker designate after him is a man named Sam Garrison. But the person that would be recruiting into Tory's district, which I believe is Linda Cheney's district. So like four years from now, like Linda Cheney got elected two years. She's going to get reelected probably this year and then she'll term out. So Danny will be in charge of House campaigns at that point. Danny, if you are listening, make sure you connect here because I'm telling you this is a prized recruit uh, (laughs) for five stars. And so get her uh, ginned up for down the road. And she's already shown she can. doesn't matter what party affiliation is. She'll work with anyone to get an issue done. Absolutely. Thank you. That's very sweet of both of you. How's the family? Excellent. My kids are almost 9 and 10 and getting bigger by the day. My life consists of work, baseball, sailing, and everything else that they decide they want to do on a weekly basis. I'm sure you get that because you're in the same boat. It's just all we do, right? Yes. It's just like they, they're living their best lives and we're taking them to it. Absolutely. So fine. We're, we're basically glorified uh, caravan drivers. It's fine. It's, it's a short season. It's a small season and I'm it's okay. I won't say where. I always do this with our child. Uh, I say the school, but I believe... Falcons are your and so absolutely. I'm yes. a proud alumni <gasps> of HF, blah blah blah. Are you? And That's so exciting! 
exciting. I, uh, I always tell people I learned more in, because I was only there for four years. Um, I went over uh, from middle school to Riviera um, uh, in seventh grade. But I will say I learned more in my four years under Sister Francis and mm-hmm. uh, Mrs. Hozak, who I think mm-hmm. retired recently. Yep. Marty Brinsko is always on my uh, Facebook page. I think she, was, she knew my dad really well. Um, and then, like, still, like, if you look on my Facebook page, you'll see it's a very special little class of friends that Went Jessica that Mahoney, wonderful school together. Uh, Janice Docal, like, we all still it's communicate It's an incredible community. Other, and it's just like. Well, especially now with you there. I mean, I think you guys have the most fun of any, like, parent-teacher organization. <laughs> yeah, you guys are always dressing up for, we like, are. some events or something. always planning the best events. I, I love to plan parties. It's my passion. I'm actually co-chairing auction this year. And we love throwing a good party. And I would say we have a very involved parent base. And we, we throw a lot of mom's parties. Our latest one, I think, was um, a Golden Girls party. It looks like so much fun. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, that looked like the best time. It I was, like, was I'm totally stealing that theme for something. You need to because it was literally amazing. And everyone's like, we have to do this again next year. It was literally like, the best. Can I please make your birthday party a Golden Girls theme? Obsessed. I mean, she would never let me, but it would be so funny. But she watched it. Golden Girls with you, right? Doesn't she? Every now and then when you're watching. I mean, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. My dad but actually. I just like the theme. And I don't, you know, I don't know what I'm going to throw. My, I don't really like to throw parties for myself. So. After my dad like retired, parties, he took but... care of uh, Father Diffley, who was the. Oh, yeah. At the rectory. Diffley Hall, um, yeah. And in fact, the big church was just under construction when I oh, used wow. to go there uh, as in vacation Bible school. So um, the thing I like about this school is that, um, like, so where we went to church, St. Raphael's, a little snooty. Uh, and yeah. I thought that Holy Family. Oh no, excuse me. I feel like the. I mean, Lord. I, know, I tell you all the it's time. Okay. okay. I think it's a. It's just a great pair. It's got enough affluence where it's got good people that can do stuff, but it's also like you see that. I, I feel like you should see a church. Like you drive by Absolutely. it, and it's like you do the sign of the cross, and you feel like it's part of the community, and. Um, that's just a I, yeah. I've always I've always appreciated that about HFS. Yeah, I was the reason I actually chose that school is that I wanted my kids to be at a school where they learned that there's so many different types of people in life of all different races yeah. and all different classes. My kids are half Asian and um, I want them to appreciate different cultures, you know, not just their own, but I also wanted them to appreciate the fact that everybody doesn't have a lot of money. Some people don't and whole HF <laughs> brings that to the mix. It does. They it really do. do. It's, it bring- it's a great mix of everybody, and everybody treats everybody the same there. It's yeah. it's really a great place to be. Yeah, it is a great school. It's it's a great asset to our community. Well, we know that you were, like, the busiest person, uh, even more busy than she and I, so we will uh, let you go. But I, I, I really wanted to get you in here for um, tax-free and uh, and well, making and thank it a big you. thing. Yeah. Thank you for this happening. I well, mean, you guys are amazing, and no, I'm thankful just, for you for having me here. Well, we appreciate everything you've done. Like I said, uh, not everyone sees a need in the community and says, you know what, I actually can fix this, and then keeps doing it. A lot of people get interested in parenting issues when they're in the throes of it, but then they walk away when that phase of their life is done, and like it, you continue to make it a priority. And it's so many babies and moms and our state have you to thank for it like oh you're so sweet you guys are awesome thank you so much i'm so happy to be here and keep doing the good work and spreading the good word thank you thank you thanks guys okay i wanted to say mission accomplished i feel like for once the good the forces of good won with passage of that bill yeah i agree i think 
originally when we linked Tory up with Senator Book, we hoped that this would happen, but you know, things happen and it uh, things don't always go the way you want and people don't always see common sense. So I'm really glad that in this case it did. And you know, like now we're in a different place than we were when we were in our diaper buying days, but man, uh, Tax-free diapers would have been huge for us when Ella was a baby. And think about that. A lot of people, when they have babies, they're in the beginning stages of their life, like their professional joint family life, and they're building just like you and I were building. And so the need is probably even greater than you and I can wrap our heads around now based on where we are at. Except. Nine years later. And here's my, like, zag on this. They get to order diapers from Amazon. I know we now, didn't have Amazon. We, we had a baby. It. That's how old we are. I mean, we had diapers.com, which Amazon bought, and it, they would your diapers would come within two days. Um, um, so we just didn't have Amazon. We this, had diapers.com though. It's going to be a longer podcast, but let's. I I, I want to talk about London really quick. You uh, want to tell everybody again about how you had COVID? <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, it, we were over there for the Platinum Jubilee. Uh, which, God save the Queen. God save the Queen. Um, what were, I would love to hear real quick, what were your three highlights of our trip to London? For those who didn't follow you on Facebook, you know, it's a different audience. What what were your three highlights? My hat game was really strong. All right, your hat game was on point. Like, yeah. you brought it, like, because your hats were, like, I don't even know what that style is, but where they're not like obstructing your face, like or like where you're like the beam is going over too high or the brim, like right. Because uh, the fun thing is, fun fact is, Peter hates hats, and so when we were going to events in London <laughs> that hats were required, it was super fun for me because I love them. So my suit game was on point. Shout out to Aaron Gober, although I will say he didn't I, get to wear one of them because he got COVID. You want to talk about me getting COVID again? Um, he didn't get to go to the horse races with Ella and I. The uh, I was amazed I, when we showed up at that hotel to gather for the group that was going over to Trooping, the color. I was woefully underdressed compared to everybody else. Everybody was in morning jackets and top hats. It's not true. And- he wasn't woefully underdressed. He just gets very self-conscious about stuff like that. <laughs> Our tour comp So Peter pulled off this great feat and got tickets for us to the Queen's Platinum Jubilee uh, Trooping the Color Parade, which is the annual birthday parade for the monarch. Um, and it it celebrates her unofficial birthday. But on Jubilee years, it's even bigger. It involves all of the different uh, divisions of the armed forces over in England and Ireland and Scotland. And Wales. And Wales. Huh. Um, and this year, all of the horses the were involved, Kingdom. which Ella, <laughs> which Ella was very excited about. So we had like a, we had tickets on the parade grounds, and so yeah, like so there was an incredible flyover that included. It's called a fly pass, a fly not pass. a flyover in London. Yeah, Thank right. you. It's a fly pass, <laughs> uh, and it's nothing like we could imagine. Like here, we do a flyover, and it's just one flyover. This was waves. There was a total of seventy planes in honor of the Queen's seventy years yeah. uh, in office that represented the whole length of her reign. Including and listen, if you if you don't, if you're not royalists, I get it. I'm an unapologetic royalist, and this whole trip was all about that. So sorry, you could just fast forward at this moment. But By our the way, tour just... company did tell us that Sunday dress was not required. Sunday dress 
in England is top hat and tails, for those of you who don't know. I just don't look good in tails because I have such short legs. I so look like a suit, Danny DeVito. A suit and tie Batman was returns. required. So that's what Peter did. He did. He had a suit made that matched, that coordinated with mine and Ella's outfits. All right. So your hat game, no, that's the number one takeaway. Number two takeaway from your trip to London. Horse races in London are so much fun. I'm so glad that Ella's first horse race was the Epsom Derby, because that's how you pronounce it in England. Not Derby was the Epsom Derby and not the Kentucky Derby. It, it, I, I was going to say there's a lot of those little words like you had said fly pass. That's the beauty of like the English language is like it's not that they're speaking a completely different language, but there are just some words that they use that are just a little bit different and sound a little bit better. Like, yeah, maybe. Like Darby it's, it's sounds. Just different. Darby sounds. Oh no, Darby! It took me forever. I could not get it off to roll off my tongue that easily. I kept saying Derby, and they'd all look at me. And I finally had to explain to our tour guide because we had the same tour guide for most of our trip. I finally say, Sarah Jane, listen, like it's the Kentucky Derby. It's not the Kentucky Derby. And so that's our big race. I'm sorry, like it's really hard for me to say Derby. And they were floored to hear that it was Derby here. Your number three takeaway better be what I think it is. Trooping the color? All right. No. Wow. So you were within 10 feet of the Duchess of Cambridge. Yeah, And but... you're not going to like, I mean, how is that not? Like, I mean, so we were driving on the... Blackfriar Bridge. And the uh, driver Our... noticed that the special... The Household Cavalry. No, no, no. Special, the household cavalry is the horses. The special police division, special yeah, police escort. SPE, that's it. Yes, yeah, special. They police were escort. coming our way across the bridge, and that there was a lot of them. And then our tour guide noticed that there was the royal emblem on the hood of the car. So they said, "We're going to slow down. Everybody, pay attention because it's definitely going to be a royal driving." And you process. always want to slow down on a bridge, you know, just like you know, we just stopped and like we looked over, and, and there was the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge, Will and Kate. They were leaving uh, the Queen's service of Thanksgiving. Yep. Um, and so we got to see them, and I mean, that's the closest I'll ever get to her, which was fine. Like we went window to window. I mean, so I could maybe say we went shoulder to shoulder, right? Yeah. Exactly. Who? I mean, she looked, but it was kind of it was fun to see. It was very. You I, definitely I saw her like too. A it wasn't girl. like. Yeah, and it was kind of fun to see because you could see like Will and yeah. Kate, in a non-public moment, you could see that they were a couple who very much enjoyed each other's company. They were Man, laughing in the back seat. In, no, in they the... were laughing in the back seat and had big smiles. If they didn't like each other, they would be like, both looking down at phones. How much do they not like Megan over in England? By the way. Oh my god, I, I we don't mean Will and Kate when we say that, but I mean I'm sure they don't either. But. None of the tour guides. I mean, no one that we encountered. You would always have, at all the royal events, I would have to say, they would all look at me and be like, are you here because the Duke and Duchess of Sussex are going to be here? And I would have to be like, no, no. Like, I like, I like the royal family. I, it's, it's not a Megan thing. And then they would all just like, and I wouldn't like bash Megan, but then they would just They unload. would bash Megan. And Harry. They were not just bashing Megan. To be clear, I mean, yeah, they don't. none of the, like, None of them have any respect for Harry after he abandoned his family. Um, okay. We will talk more about our London adventure in our next podcast. Maybe we'll get one right before July 4th. Um, but this has been a lot of fun. It's good to be back into the podcast studio with you. And it's good to be healthy and good to be back stateside. Uh, first vacation of summer is down. I thought it was awesome, even with COVID. I still got to go to my favorite restaurant in the world, Babendum. 
Uh, I'll talk about that at some other and point. And while we've been recording, Peter managed to put out the tweet that Marion Hammer's retiring from the NRA. I mean, that's what that's- I do from uh, the podcast studio. Okay, this is He Said. She Said. Thank you for listening.